So I had a dream the other night. Okay. Would you like to hear about it? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it relates it yes. relates to the central concerns of what we're doing right now. Okay. Uh, so essentially, and it's rare, first of all, that I remember this because I'm not like a guy who remembers his dreams very much. But oh, I was really? on like a lot of cold medicine, I think, <laughs> is a part of this. And so I like where this is going. Um, Codeine, check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I dreamt. That you and I were trying to record an episode of Print Run. Okay. And you know how that can be under normal circumstances, right? We get a little fussy beforehand. Yeah. Sometimes we can't quite settle in right. You yeah. know what I mean? All that kind of usual stuff. You need at least three beverages yeah, in front gotta, of you. Yeah, you got to like figure it out. You know, yeah. you got to sit in different spots. It's it's a whole thing. Um, but that was manifesting in this dream in being in a bunch of strange settings. Okay. The first... The first of which was a home was like a big gym. Okay. Like I'm talking like a lifetime fitness or something. Ooh, you okay. and I were like over by the treadmills try, trying to record. Trying to like set up our little microphones, you know? <laughs> and it was like loud in there, you know, there's like and and but we so we couldn't figure it out. And uh-huh. we got really frustrated. We were like, oh man, we can't record this episode that we apparently needed to record so badly that we had to do right there in the gym. Yep. But then we moved. There wasn't a lot of transitional material uh, in this narrative. Well, it is a dream. Like yes. it was just all of a sudden we were somewhere else, you know? And we were in my childhood backyard. Okay. And, okay. And again, trying to record an episode uh-huh. in in the Hain family 1990s sandbox. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I bet that didn't work very well. No, it didn't. Um, mostly because shouting from... The house that was, you know, nearby. We're in a backyard. My mother was just like <laughs> yelling for me to come in <laughs> while like, you and I. It's time for dinner. Right. That like that kind of send thing. your friend home. It's time right, for ex- dinner. Like, that's what yeah. was happening. Was there power in the sandbox? Well, no. That Did was, we have that our was the big thing is we like... were just like standing there with microphones trying to find a plug in <laughs> on this outdoor playground. And I don't know what. I don't know what to take from this. I don't know why this was. It was like a very vexing dream because you and I really had like something we needed to record. Right. Like we were like, oh man, we got to Were get... you secretly mad that I was on a beach vacation? Yeah, that could when, have been it. When you had this dream? Yeah. No, there's definitely that a That I was of like that. literally on the beach? All of my All of my dreams are always about like trying to get set up to do something and not being able to do it i've been having a lot of like spy and alien dreams lately yeah so i'm like okay so i'm a lucid dreamer i Uh like know that i'm dreaming and i also like have a lot of repeated like settings and i can remember what i did previously in the setting so i can have these like months long like spy (laughs) adventures (laughs) ridiculous that's it welcome to this episode of print run we are not talking about our dream sequences anymore uh my name is eric kane with me as always is laura zatz say hello laura hello laura um yeah we're here we're talking about i guess we can call it a number of different things but we'll get into it in a second um basic rundown this week what do we got so uh i don't know if you know this but we do 
episodes that are a little bit more focused for the writers in the world. Uh Um, We have monthly query critique shows and first page critique shows, as well as some little tiny like one-off episodes where we cover something really in particular. Um, Those are over on our Patreon page. Our highest tier that changes what you get is $8 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would... One thing that we want to do in 2024 is get more people the info that they need. So head on over there. And if you're saying to me, Laura, I cannot afford a Patreon subscription to you to talk about your dreams. Fear not, because if you email us, we have a no questions asked policy where we grant that access for you. Um, So just email us. We're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. Um, in addition, we also have another free opportunity that we do about every month where Eric and I separately host an hour of like an hour zoom call. We call office hours that we just like answer questions Mm -hmm. entirely led by the people that attend or, you know, email a question beforehand. Um, so you can come and ask us our opinion or best practices or, you know, tips, tricks, uh, state yeah. of the publishing world, like anything related to writing or publishing or like in Eric's case, probably football, <laughs> you are welcome to come ask about. I had a really good session yesterday yeah. of office hours. And it's actually where at least some of this episode comes from because some of the questions I found to be really interesting and mm-hmm. engaging and they kind of got me fired up uh, for a minute and it made me want to talk about what we're doing today. And so okay. why so don't we, what are we doing let's today? Get into what are, what are you mad about today? Which mm-hmm. is how we always start planning our episodes. It actually is. You type it in. We've got like a little print run Slack channel. And it's like, okay, what are we pissed about? <laughs> and today it's less, it's less anger, but, and it's certainly not to be clear up front, like not at anyone's questions yesterday. I thought the questions were awesome. And I was more, I found myself broadly frustrated by some industry dynamics that I think get in the way of people doing the most for themselves mm-hmm. or making the best choices. And so I got a lot of questions during office hours yesterday about like, when is it okay to check in or when can I make another decision or make, you know, a different sort of, when can I pitch a different book or when can I pursue some other opportunity that doesn't require an agent? When or can when, I move on yeah. when nobody's emailing me when back? Can I, when can I take an active choice myself when otherwise I'm being told I'm supposed to be waiting right now? And mm. that's a huge thing in publishing, right? Like the, there's no, I mean, I guess like in terms of submissions, both submitting to agents and then you and I submitting mm-hmm. to editors, editors and uh, plenty of other stages in between. Even like, when you are publishing yeah. just takes a long time at different phases. And it has this tendency, I think, you know, especially I see it online a lot. Like there's this sort of valorizing of the perfect like little sitter. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, only this many months have gone by, so you better not send a check-in note. Or this is what, you know, this publishing is just being publishing. Time to just, like, pick up a different hobby for four months while you wait for <laughs> whoever it is to get back to you. And, like, there's just, like, this valorizing of passivity mm. that I see happen. And it's it's a frustrating thing to see, and it's a frustrating thing to feel, too. Because And I do feel it a lot in my own work because there is so much waiting to hear back, right? I mean, this is the most... Um, 
it's hurry up and wait yes, is gonna, the entire... That's what, that's what I was about to say. Is like, yeah. this is an industry where you do a quick flurry of things, then you wait to hear what people say about it. And, and sometimes you wait like a ridiculous amount of no, time. No, it's crazy. And the result, you know, I, I guess I was just like thinking very broadly about just like what, like stuff beyond publishing and just like in our world and even within publishing, stuff is not that good right now. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> There's like, you know, it's not a particularly tranquil time to be alive and that may sound like a complete non sequitur but what i mean is that i just while all this is happening while things are in such huge flux while all of us are facing some sort of precarity or another or whatever you know kind of thing like and we're out here on a limb anyway trying to make our art trying to do our things you know trying to publish the book that we really care about, like do the thing other than just like most people, I would say most people in publishing are here because they give a shit in some way that has less, nothing to do with the salary they're pulling. Because if that was all it was, they would very easily go do something else. You know what I mean? Like we're here because something matters to you. And I just, I look at that landscape and I think, why are all of us just, hitting refresh on our inbox. How is that our mode to be? How is that the mode that we've been telling writers to take with regard to their own work? You know, oh, be patient. You know, we, we're just, you and I too, we, we preach patience all the time. And, yeah. it's, and, it's, and it is a good virtue. I'm not saying you don't want to be patient, but I just, I'm in this place right now where I am just sick of, I'm sick of sitting on my hands and yeah. I'm sick of hearing about writers who are like, doing trying to make it right like trying to break in get mm -hmm. an agent you know publish their debut whatever it is like i get these questions and you have people who have maybe like worked on you know whatever project it is for years right like this is their baby you know what i mean this is the thing they've been doing they've put all these you know all this blood sweat and tears into it they've done all this stuff they've sent the email and then it's like the big long silence and it's time to just sit and wait and I just, there's such an asymmetry to that that just feels especially stark right now. And I guess where I come to this episode today after this big, long, winding thing is I want, I want all of publishing, including agents, including writers, including editors, including everybody to just like rediscover an ethos of like agency and responsiveness <laughs> as opposed to like... Oh, we're all slammed. None of us can answer an email. Everyone is like, we're just all supposed to just sit here and wait to even wonder if someone is reading the thing we sent them months ago. Like this whole thing where we're all just driving each other nuts. And even worse than that, we're making each other paralyzed. Mm -hmm. We're all just sitting on our hands, like in different ways. Like, and it's, you know, one thing for us, cause like when we're waiting on a project, we go and do a different project. I mean, yeah. there's something else. And, but I just, there's something about the inherent passivity in the way that we have approached publishing for this long. We as in just the whole field, not you and I in particular, but it's just like driving me nuts right now. <laughs> and it just makes me like, man, like stuff is like coming unglued 
Yeah. Why am I just sitting here? Refre- like, why would I not like shoot the shot or yeah. come up with a different plan or run a parallel track? Like the advice I gave like a bunch of times yesterday, and then I promise I'll shut up is everyone was like, can I do this or this while I'm waiting? And I said, just start doing both. Just do all the things. Like, whatever is going on, like, if you're waiting to hear on this one thing and you're trying to decide if, you know, while you're waiting you can work on this other thing or start pitching, just start doing it. Just start doing it. Like, why not just do the thing? Like, take the ball back into your own court. You know what I mean? Like, give yourself the agency to be the, like, protagonist of your own life. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and your own publishing life. And I just... And I'm saying it not to castigate people, but because I need this too. We all do. Like, it's it's such a, I don't even know how to put it, but the idea that everyone's job at every link of the chain is to wait. Yeah. It's just for whatever reason, this week, it is driving me up a wall and so, I have had it. So... Yes, and <laughs> I'm getting I feel, yes anded, folks. Yes, and um, and apologies if you hear like a little like crunching in the background. Um, that's the dog that's who is chewing on a bone because she's a pit bull, and either she chews on this bone or she needs to be on my lap mm-hmm. um, because that is what her breed does. So we're choosing the bone today, folks. Um, uh, so I think the reason that it is bothering you in particular today because. One of one of the things that's not going to change is that publishing a book takes a really long time. It sure. takes a long time to write a book. Fine. It takes a long time to edit a book. It takes 18 months to get it out there in the world. It takes four months to flip and print it, right? Yes. So all of that can't change. Yeah. Um, and there are certain triggers during the publication process that have always been something you wait for. You know, it's not useful to have a publicity team working two years before your book gets out. Right. Like that, that is not useful. It's not even useful for like eight months before the book comes out. Um, and so in that case, like there, there is that understand, like that understanding of we are operating in a P and the slowest form of media that exists today. By Leaps and bounds. Miles. Yeah. But so what... I feel like feature films go faster yeah. than this. Like, I, <laughs> I feel nuts. I mean, sometimes they do. Um, but what is the, the, the thing that is changing is the opportunities <clears throat> have shrunk. Yeah. So that idea of waiting and having that be an acceptable thing... Um, is is shifting because there are there's there's this consolidation of publishers there are more agents now than ever but they are there are fewer books being traditionally published because there are fewer imprints because there are fewer publishers and so everybody's lines of to-dos are longer like yeah. the the number of stuff is queries, shrinking like just just you know like throwing ourselves onto this like we are we are not poster children for like responsiveness in all of the areas of our work like no. our queries <laughs> for example which like Uh-oh. yeah um we're just gonna like gently rib eric here um <laughs> look are so far behind because for an agent to make enough money to live it means that they need to be 
perhaps quicker and more responsive to get books out for their existing clients on sub because there are fewer places to submit it to. And there are fewer people to submit it to and you can't submit multiple projects at the same time to the same person. So like our speed of working with our current clients has increased, which means perhaps the time that we give towards our queries is slightly less. And like there are more people querying now than ever and their quality is higher now than ever because there's more information to help them be better now. Like it's everybody's getting better and there's more of you, but there's fewer opportunities. Okay. So that is one accurate. Yes. That's true. All of that, what you just said is correct. And it also, and this gets to my thing. It also, to loop back to what I was saying, all of that leads to like longer wait times. It's yes. making all the stuff even more frustrating. Right. Um, and we see it in our work too. I mean, editors have more submissions than ever. I mean, it's the like the number it, of conversations I have had in the last year, yeah. particularly with genre fiction, yeah. about how how the response times for reading, like it's no longer enough for me to be really friendly with an editor and have them trust my taste and have a, having us work together for a really long time. It's still going to take them forever to read yeah. it just because yeah. like yeah. there are 24 hours in a day and, and yeah. reading does and not get all, all of them. They all have to be project managers now in a way that. And so our struggle yeah. and I think frustration from this is not just with the waiting and it's not just with the narrative that tells people that they have to wait, but it is that the landscape is shifting such that that is no longer good business and there there needs to be a little bit of a shift in everyone across the board from publishers all the way down to writers that understands that there is a level of like grace and responsiveness that is required even amidst the extra lines and the longer lead times. That is where I'd love to get. Yeah. Like that... That's the part of it. Like, if we're like this, because this does come with, you know, some like responsibility on the part of the people mm -hmm. already. And like, I do think, like, let me, I'm just trying to figure out how to say this productively, but like, people deserve responses to stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, doing, there are just so many like fundamentals yeah. to doing business that you, if you explained how this works, to people in literally any other field and like what communications etiquette was is like in publishing in to any other field yep. you, they wouldn't believe you they it's insane yep. and it just and what i hate about it more than anything apart from i mean my own stupid email job whatever like i can live with having a job that's a little bit annoying i mean obviously i love what i like yeah. i'm not genuinely complaining about being it's a very cool job i love what i do but the annoying parts are the annoying parts. We're going to push on them how we can. But what really makes me crazy was on behalf of the people, for instance, that came to office hours yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because what I saw, one, was a really, it was a really fun and interesting conversation the whole time. And we'll have that recording up soon. But like, it was, you know, I, was, I really appreciated what people were saying. But I, I just kept getting these questions that were like, all right, I'm doing thing X and I'm waiting and I have all these other ideas for stuff. You know, I'm thinking about the world or the field in this way. I'm thinking about my art in this way. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing maybe potential opportunities here and there. And you, know, and you hear all this dynamic thinking that someone is doing about their life and career. And then they, their question would finish with, but is it better just to sit and wait? 
And, and before the answer might have been maybe. And the, the answer now is <clears throat> unequivocally no. There is, you are in the Wild West now. Like this is, we are in, and sometimes that means, like I've seen a lot of people respond to stuff like this with, and I can't believe I'm saying this, like I am not Mr. Go Self-Publish at all, but I have seen some people do some really thoughtful things with like some of these parallel models. Like it's like, well, I don't want to wait for three years to hear back from, like I'm going to do this (laughs) myself and I'm going to do it successfully and well. Like there are lots of things like that happening or even if you are really invested in the traditional model as someone like I am like yep. you know I'm going to pitch something else too for a minute to some other people or I'm going to do these other things and it's like you know they yeah I've transitioned like I have um authors that are doing like I have multiple projects of theirs out on submission at a given time, yeah. especially if they're in different genres because oh, Laura, they're working that, faster. Is that allowed? Is that good etiquette? And I like who gives a shit anymore? <laughs> it's like you're not answering email A or email B. I'm gonna send this shit. Like it doesn't matter anymore. Like so. <laughs> I really like I just and I so but where I want to get really quick, like I just yesterday I heard in iteration after iteration of these questions was like a bunch of really interesting, dynamic, strategic thinking. And then, but the publishing industry is telling me to like give myself a lobotomy instead and sit here and wait and not do the thing. And I'm just here to say to anyone, like, go do the thing. If it's, if it's pitched, like well, there was one example yesterday where someone was like, I'm pitching this book. It feels maybe a little bit off trend right now. I have this other one that feels on trend. Do I need to like wait to hear from everyone who has the first book before I like make a shift and pitch this other one to some other people? I'm like, no. And like maybe there's like I can imagine an era in publishing, like I'm mm-hmm. thinking around like 2018, 2016, somewhere in there, where like the advice would be, ooh, you don't want to like over pitch, you don't want to do well, this. Well, the stuff. thing is that there were significantly more <laughs> houses and fewer agents then. So like the okay, so there's always a reason for all of this advice, yeah, right? Yeah. The reason for only pitch one book at a time is a little bit of twofold. Yeah. One, it's that you want to make sure that you are putting your energy and making a fair go of the one book before you move on. Okay, sure. That can be true. Um, even pitching multiple things at the same time. But the other one is... Well, there aren't that many people to pitch. That's true. And so you don't want to be pitching the same person with two books all at once because like... And I didn't make you, that clear on the Because you want like, them... There is strategy Yeah, because there, there's strategy. But the thing is, is there are so many more agents now than there was five or ten years ago. Which is its own episode, Which is its own thing. That but <laughs> makes like, me crazy, and, too. And, and, the, and again, there are more people querying. The So the times have gotten longer. So it's more about like... How can I still be making progress? And maybe the answer for you is I am going to sit here and wait, but I'm also going to like write something else. Yeah. Um, for some writers I know, while they are, you know, stuck in querying, they're doing short stories and pursuing publication in that way. They are like looking for other writing opportunities. They're, they're like, there are so many dynamic ways to get yourself out there um it as a as a creator as a writer yeah that it's not start knocking around sure and like if you know if you are a novel writer and short stories or flash fiction or whatever like isn't your thing then there are you know are you maybe 
a cross genre writer? Could you do multiple genres and submit to multiple people that way? Like there are, there are a lot of different strategies. And the thing is, is you don't have to necessarily commit to one until you get a contract. Yeah. Like that's, that's actually, the thing. So we, I got a, I got a question yesterday that was frankly the, the question that comes up. Like it's just time immemorial. Is yeah. my book literary or is it up market? Oh my gosh. Right. And the person asked this and it was in relation to it's whatever you want it to be based on who you're selling it to. <laughs> is that what you said? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but like, they were like, I want to pitch this certain subset of agents who talk about things this way, or can I do it this way? And I was you like, can do both. I was like, literally just changed the word and said like, who cares? And That's not, what not I, who, I mean. And that is a, that is no, 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 it's not who cares. Not, that is yeah. a valid business yes, strategy. No, exactly. I'm like, just start shooting. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. fine. Like in, empower yourselves. That's kind of where I want to get. And the flip side of it is that, People in our positions have to be a little bit better at like response times and stuff, but like that's, a little just, bit better, uh, maybe a lot, a lot better. better. But like I just okay, I, put putting. I'm, I want to go down that alley for a second because I think we cannot have this conversation about taking agency without having an etiquette conversation from the other side. Sure, um, because I think like as agents, it's really easy to like on one hand, like complain a ton about like, Oh, these editors, like they're so slow. Like it took me a year to get yeah. a rejection from this person. Yeah. But on the other hand, like we're taking a year to give a rejection to somebody else with a yeah, project. And here, There's a here is, but, but there is, and there isn't. So sure. like here, here is like my general thought on all of this. Like if you are buried by the material, uh, time constraints of what your job is, then I think like it is your responsibility as an editor, as as an agent, etc., to like communicate and set those expectations. So mm-hmm. we have um, guidelines specifically on our websites about like check ins and what our goal response time is. She was really, really careful there to say guidelines and not rules because I am flatly breaking well, we, all of the guidelines and, and rules right now. And we do have specifically like a line in there where it's like these are our goals. We're not going to reach them, but like this is what we're working towards. Yeah. Um, I think it is irresponsible in 2024 for an agency to have a no response means no policy. Yeah, that sucks. I think it is reasonable for... That right there is the ethos I would like to take out of publishing more than any other yeah. one. Yeah. I think I think it is reasonable for editors. Like we've talked before about how some of them are starting to close to submissions during certain parts of the year so they can be on top of things. I think it's also reasonable for them to say... Thanks. I'm really, you know, like I'm, I'm at least four months out from taking a look yeah. at this. Yeah. I think it is Just irresponsible um, for any lit mags to, or agencies, in fact, to require exclusivity. I, that is so ridiculous. But, <laughs> but if you're an agency or a publishing house or a lit mag that says you can only, if you're pitching yeah. to us, you better not be pitching to anyone else. I just, it's hard for me. Yeah. To engage, like apart from, let alone disagreeing, yeah. it's hard for me to engage with that respectfully. Yeah. Frankly, like I think that yeah. is ridiculous. Like, I, think I see it. You do see it though. It's like, 
I yeah. just can't even believe that that's a policy that anyone would have. I think it's also unreasonable. And I think you and I should look into this because we have this on our website. But now that I'm now that I'm ranting about it, I think it is also shouldn't be a policy for anybody to say, you know, only query one agent at the agency at a time, yeah. because like you and I are totally different people. Yeah. Like there yeah. is there is as much as, you know, agents are like business. Like there yeah. is there is no um place where like these two people working at the same place are alike enough yeah. where that yeah. is going to truly matter. And like, frankly, if two people at the same agency fall in love with this manuscript, first of all, that's a freaking miracle yeah. because like, when has that yeah. ever happened? Yeah. And second, it's like they can fight over it later. You know, that, like, so that, you know, stop right there because that that's actually a point I want to highlight because that's a really good example of what I'm talking about. Like, because that right there is the dreaded hypothetical. Oh, etiquette breach. What if two agents at the agency? You pick have one. To, like, who cares? They, like, they, they figure it out. Worst like, case, they, they figure it out. Or one of them has to send an email to the other one. Or that's they it. both compete for you and yes. you get to pick. And like agents who like pretend this stuff is like really big and wounding. Like I see it a lot with like, um, Oh, you know, I didn't get enough time on hearing, you know, there was an offer on this manuscript, you know, and I only was given a week to read it or I, you know, I was told that, you know, someone withdrew their submission, even though I was halfway through. It's like, that's just, you just chalk that up to the game. Like the idea yeah. that this is stuff that as an agent you get to get online and like complain about, I just think is. I mean, I think as industry, like you should give somebody two weeks yes, because no, you want to, no, no, no. you it's want not, as many opportunities as yourself yes, does. But like, yes. it's not about no. undoing all these little pieces of etiquette. It's that sometimes you lose in an environment where people are acting with a little bit more agency and a little bit more dynamism with regard to their own work. Sometimes you just missed the worm. You know yeah. what I mean? And that is not some big ethical thing. It just means you missed the worm. Yeah. And that, or sometimes you have to walk down the hall and say, hey, we both liked this pitch. What do we do about yeah. it? Like that is not, if that is a conversation that like upends your life, like. Maybe you shouldn't be an agent. That's just like, <laughs> I have like, and I'm, I'm getting like glib and, you know, fired up now. But I just, the thing that I really want to do is just get people out of this mindset of being way too worried about like hypothetically maybe stepping on someone's toes a year from now. Like just do your stuff. Like push on your work. Like you are anyone who's written a novel is definition definitionally a self-starter of some sort. Yeah. And that's fundamentally because no one in society asks you to write a novel. Yeah. <laughs> like it is it's not like there's like you did that because you wanted to do it and no one told you to and you decided I'm going to spend a whole lot of time doing this very difficult thing and I'm now like the instinct that wrote your book the discipline the like commitment to you know your craft the you know rigor with which you tried to improve the redrafting the attention to detail the you know, times you sat down at your desk to do it even when you didn't want to. Like all that's all that stuff that went into making yourself someone who could write a novel in the way that you did, that you're now in a position where you can pitch it or whatever. Like apply those same traits to the way in which you move through the industry, is what I would yeah. say. Like you can be someone who 
is like generating opportunities for yourself. And like an observation, you know, I made about us, Laura, yesterday when we were talking about this is like, if you and I followed conventional logic and, you know, we did the quote unquote waiting and we did, you know, we went by the template and everything, our lives and our careers would look nothing like they do right now. Yeah. They would look completely we different. We didn't wait for anybody to we didn't let wait. us. We said, you know what? Hey, we're going to yeah. do this thing early and it's going to maybe rankle like a person or two as we do it. <laughs> but we're going to do it because at the end of the day, we have to answer to ourselves and yeah. each other. And we are the ones who have to go to sleep at night with the career and opportunities that we have or not. You know what I mean? It's like you can be the perfect little waiter. As in person who waits, not like person like you, you know. Not a not a not, not a food a person, service a person. Yeah. Yes. Like you can be so you can be the model query citizen, and if nothing is happening for you, then that is worth nothing. Like you should you you should push and like obviously you know. Don't be aggressive or no, or obnoxious or follow up I'm every being day. Dramatic. I'm like, being. I understand that I'm being. I'm sounding dramatic, and I, I Laura is very correctly like throwing in the fine print here on all this <laughs> stuff about like no don't start becoming an asshole don't start following up every week yeah. on stuff like but in terms of like but, okay if you submit uh, the same query to two people at a large agency at the same time no one is gonna like fall here's the thing no one is gonna fall in love with your book want to sign you and then change their mind because you send one more email because you sent an email to dave down the hall or yeah. something yeah like you know what like here's here's Fuck the you, thing dave. it's my book so i'm working i'm working with a new writer who well i signed her after her first book came out Mm-hmm. Um, and we're working on a couple of non-traditional op- opportunities and a couple of traditional ones. And the first book that I'm going out on submission with her is not going to be a book. It's going to be a proposal. And as we were talking about it and as we were talking about the shape of her career, because there was all these all these non-traditional opportunities that she didn't mm-hmm. know how to manage. And she's like, but this is not the way it's supposed to go. The main thing that came out of our ma- our first conversation that then led to us working together was... Here's the thing, like there aren't really any rules like there you can like do things <laughs> that are relatively industry standard and respectful of people whose jobs are perhaps a little bit more in a box than yours while also still like selling a fiction book on proposal rather than yeah. like rather than writing the whole thing because you're doing a bunch of other like there there are so many ways once you have a foot in the door of doing your career and making money and like advancing all of your things that like that should also be for the people who don't yet have their foot in, you know, like that same idea. Entrepreneurial spirit. Right. You know, like, right. I just think because there aren't really any rules. It's just like don't be an asshole. You know what there are, and understand that publishing is still slow. But there are things that we can do to like mitigate that. Like you're right. So the not there are any rules is a really interesting framework because like this is not like this is not science. Like there really aren't. No. Like we're not talking about the laws of physics here. What we're talking about are social mores. We're talking about social conventions or like. The way it's always sort of happened, like in terms of like human behaviors and patterns. Yeah. And what I think we're saying right now, at least I think, is that 
those patterns and those social mores, like industry-wide, those are deteriorating already anyway. If you fo- time, you're not going to get a cookie if you follow something that's that's breaking. It's like it's yeah. we're talking about the rules of the house and the house is like crumbling around you and <laughs> is on fire. It's okay to run in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the house is burning down. Like just run. Like yeah. you don't have to wait and, you know, I I just I just mean like we are talking about things that are not like it's <laughs> I don't know. I just want us to get out of the idea that like these sort of archaic rules about how one is supposed to act in publishing are these like ironclad things. And if you don't do them, you're excommunicated. Whereas what I think like people have the right to put like if you and I and everyone in our position has created an atmosphere of like the big wall of silence, which we have. And you and I are not totally blameless. No, we are not. You can go look at my query page. It's too much. It is, it is frankly insane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's normal. Um, if that exists, then I honestly think that it is fair for writers to respond to that with a little bit more like, we shouldn't be the only ones who get to change the conventions. You know what I mean? Like writers should get to, uh, and I guess that's all I'm saying is like in your life, like I was just, I sat there yesterday for an hour and heard so many versions of very this. thoughtful people who were thinking deeply about their art and their work and yeah. how who they were as an author and then coming to the end of their question being like but do I have to just do nothing because that's what publishing says I have to do and that makes me I don't want that for you I yeah. want you to like I just think that you know knock around some more find the next thing like do and keep run both tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can, and if that means that at some point you have to send an email that's like, Oh, I have to pull this or whatever. It's like, okay, that is, that means you got an opportunity somewhere else. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, and if that person has slightly hurt feelings about that, like you'll just have to stand on the fact that you did what was right for you. You didn't do anything unethical. Yeah. You didn't cheat or you had no responsibility to that person other yeah, exactly. than keeping them updated in the same way that yeah. they, don't have any responsibility to you other than keeping you updated. Like that's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. And I just, I, I'm, I'm feeling very yeah. like, can't we all just communicate a little bit better and act like we're all dynamic actors with purpose, you know? And I, and I want to sort of maybe close out this, let's, let's call it a rant, not a discussion. Um, <laughs> when Eric says like the house is on fire, it's okay to run through the kitchen. That sounds like a very like negative thing, but it's actually like the the situations that are making the sit and wait unethical and untenable as a thing to sort of peddle and a, and as a way for um, like gatekeepers and 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 opportunity providers and publishing to to like maintain. There are a lot of things happening that are really exciting. You know, like readers have access to books in ways that they've never before. People are consuming content in new ways. Mm -hmm. Like there is innovation happening and with innovation comes a lot of really exciting opportunity. And the fact that like, yes, we have literal days of content about how like the consolidation and the corporatization of publishing is like really, really bad for art. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is opportunity from that as well and there are like it's not 
like books aren't dying. Not the the industry is burning. Certain models are dying. That doesn't mean that publishing is dying. It's not. It means that things are changing. And that means that you are allowed to reevaluate the landscape too. And you are allowed to be a innovator. Yes. In the opportunities that you are pursuing and what you are doing. Like there are there. There's like the structures aren't strong anymore in a way in a way that like in the 80s when you had to send a self-addressed like envelope (laughs) to a literary agency but there was only like a hundred of them you know what i mean like that is not the case anymore where your querying was limited to like the number of stamps you have you know what i used to call those what i i guess i didn't realize it was an acronym so i was just walking around saying sace For a very long time, I remember like applying to like grad schools and stuff, and you have to. You're like, um, oh, gotta yeah. send my sace. Yeah, yeah, I need to just include a sace. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't even know what that was. I was like, I'm gonna first Google yeah. what a sace is. But there was like there were structural things yeah. limiting you then. The things that are limiting you now are structural, but in different ways. And like the good news is that the internet is a very cool thing, and media consumption is at an all time high. So like there are cool ways to do things now that you couldn't before, and so. Like, with all this, like, ignore the rules, like, be, you know, active. We're not saying, like, everything is dying. No. It's it's the way that you need to approach your strategy is fundamentally changing, and it's never going to go back to what it is. I think maybe, like, the line, the way to approach ignore the rules or not, it's maybe what we're calling for is to think critically about the rules yeah, and make a value judgment on whether is that rule here because it's protecting someone and because it's ethical and it's creating like that rule exists so that like a scam doesn't happen or someone doesn't get hurt or is that rule there as a means of like petty convenience, you know, based on something else. And those are different things, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you can kind of stretch like the one that, Isn't like you can see, I guess what I'm trying to say is like rules exist for different reasons. Yeah. And you, you as a critical thinker who has written an entire book and has done all these things with your brain that is capable of critical thinking, like you can make different value judgments on some of these things. You can decide where the line is. Like you can just say, you know what? I'm not fucking around with the no response means no agencies, but I will fuck around with Eric's inbox, which is very far behind. Like, (laughs) Or you might say, no, no, no. I'm not going to fuck around with that either. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get caught up. You know what? This is the episode where I put myself on blast and say, I'm getting caught up in okay. March. In March. In March. What day is it? It's February 28th as we're recording this. March. March. March is the month of me catching up. Okay. So everybody, yeah, every set, day. Oh, set an alert. Set an alert. Bring at it. At 9 a.m. Central. I'm ready. 9 a.m. Central where Eric is doing his like settling into his office, having his coffee for the day. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask Eric every day, how is your query hour going? Yeah. Set it. Great. Bring it. See if I can. And then what we are going to do is we are going to remove from our website that you can't submit to only one of us at the same time. Because that is is silly. It's silly. You and I work in entirely different genres. Why? Why? It's silly. The only time somebody would submit to both of us is if they're writing like literary fiction or historical fiction with like some speculative elements. To try to like design a book that is for both of us. Like I feel like that would be kind of a strange thing. I mean, I have a, I have some of. We do have some of that. We do have some of that. But anyway, like 
I think, and if you are a publishing worker, particularly like agents, and you are listening, if you're listening to the rant, um, it's time to reassess how you communicate with your current authors, with your prospective authors, um, with editors. And it's, it's time we need to rewrite these rules because they're not working for literally anybody. It doesn't have to be like this is what I would say. No. So let's all put in whatever, wherever we are in that equation. All right. Maybe we all work toward making it not like being nice and getting back to people but also like what if that was the pivot we made on this podcast suddenly we're we're gonna be nice let's just be kind to people Mm, like what if this is a show now what kind of this is the kindness hour (laughs) you're here with i don't like it laura kindness zats okay no no so here's the difference i believe i'm a kind person i don't think i'm a nice person yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so what You're we're gonna do not a nice person. is we're gonna end this kind. episode, yeah, okay. and I'm gonna go bully Eric into doing some <laughs> queries right now because I'm a kind person, okay. but not a nice person. Okay. Uh, and we will see you back here for our next episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>